Welcome to Global Truth Center. So I just want to look at the lyrics to You Raise Me Up at the beginning of it. When I am down and oh, my soul is weary, when troubles come and my heart burdened be, then I am still and I wait here in the silence until you come and sit a while with me. So yesterday during rehearsal, Kevin sang that and I just sat out there listening to it and it made me very emotional. And as I was listening to him sing and as I was listening to the lyrics, you know, we're in this philosophy, this teaching that says that right where I am, God is. In fact, when you really push the envelope, it says that right where you are, the entire universe is, certainly on a quantum level. And as he was singing that, I had to ask myself the question, who is the you in the you raise me up? I mean, I know we don't normally think about those things. We do in, in our, our classes. But, you know, you hear a song and it touches you and it moves you. You raise me up. Most of the time, we are actually being led into a dualistic understanding of something out there. is God is raising. God shall raise me up. And that's not what I was experiencing yesterday. I was experiencing something from within that was very emotional. And so I asked myself that question. Who, who is it? Who is the who? You raise me up. Who is the you in the lyric? You raise me up so I can stand on mountains. You raise me up to walk on stormy seas. Has anybody here ever had a stormy sea in their life? Yeah, Michael's had two. So yeah, so we've all had stormy seas that we walk upon. You raise me up to walk on stormy seas. You raise me up, and at the end of it is, to more than I can be. You raise me up to more than I can be. So there is a lot of music in this world and a lot of theology and philosophy in this world that basically does tell us that there is something greater than we are. In fact, our founder began with that notion. There's something greater than I am. You raise me up. And it's very easy also to take this song and think, it's Dr. Laura. Of course, how could I not be? That it's, that it's Dr. Laura. That her energy, her energy raises me up. And while that may be true, that our mentors and our, our teachers and our, the people that surround us, the people we love, that they can raise us up, but it's not what we think. It's not that they are literally raising us up. Something else is getting us to move it up. No, it's that you raise me up means the e eternal you, the infinite you. All that there is raises me up, comes from within and raises me up. So it's not really... Kevin's magnificent voice that just sings these high Bs and like they're nothing. And the words of the composer, the lyricist, it's not just that. That's just tapping into something in you that is that. You are the voice. You are the lyrics. You are the melody. You are the song. I'm turning into Barry Manilow right before my very eyes. You are, you are the music. I can't get away from him now. You are the music, right? You are, you are all of it. So when we say, you raise me up, um, it's me. 
It's that within me that raises me up. So the question I have for you is, what happens when something rises up inside of you that feels bigger than you know yourself to be? Because we're, we're calling forth that infinite knower inside of us to constantly come in and raise us up. Raise up, rise up, right? We're calling that forth at all times. But what happens when something comes in and asks us to consider something bigger than we perhaps see ourselves as? The problem is not with that thing that's coming in saying, come on, this is, what's, this is what's yours. That's not the problem. The problem is our identity as something less than that. Somewhere along the line, we've believed that those big, enormous, fabulous, amazing things are for other people maybe. But I'm kind of not big enough to really answer that call. And there, you could not be further off the mark to think that. Because this song is a way to really get in touch with that idea that there is something inside of me that raises me up at all times. No matter what, no matter what's going on in my life, anything I want to accomplish, anything I choose to do is mine to do, mine to accomplish, mine to live through and as, mine to experience. It's all mine to do. That's what is within you. The question is, do you answer the call when it actually comes in? So, You Raise Me Up is happening every single day, every single moment, but our theme at Global Truth Center for the year is awakening. So you have to be awake, or you don't see it, you don't feel it, you don't hear it. You get little drips and drabs of it, you'll get a little spark of it, something comes in and says, you should try this. Do you ever have one of those moments where something comes in and all you think is, oh yeah, I should try that, but then you give every yeah but imaginable to make sure that your butt stays seated. <laughs> It's like, well, yeah, but I could do that. Yeah, but I could do that. Yeah, but, right? But the initial thing that came through was this amazing idea. I've seen it thousands of times in my own life. The idea is amazing, and I get going, and then this goes, and that happens, and that happens. It's like, ooh, shiny object over here. This is too hard. Did you ever do that? Yeah. Anybody have a lot of unfinished things in their lives that they started and never finished? Yeah. You know what that's about? <laughs> That wasn't aimed at you, Reverend Eric. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you could finish that table. No, you did finish that table. That's right. So it's about understanding that there is something inside of you that has a hold on you because it is you. It's who you are. So the title of my talk today is Can You See It? Can you see it? Can you see what is going on right there in the middle of your life right now? Can you? Are you willing to? So what have we been doing for the last year? We've been hibernating. We've had to, but we've been hibernating, just like the bear hibernates, which it has to. It has to go hibernate to get everything built back up so it can wake up and come back into the world. So frankly, that's, I see us all as bears. I'll wait for the laugh and then I'll move on. I see us all as bears hibernating, just hibernating, waiting for this moment when we wake up, walk out the door, and yes, bury time. It's time now to go feed our souls. That's how I see this entire pandemic, that we have been in hibernation. The question is, can you see what, we're, what, is, what is coming out of this hibernation? Are you willing to see 
what's really going on in your world, in your life. And it can't be all the dredge. It can't be all the negative stuff. I mean, yeah, you can. You can focus on those things if you want to. But wouldn't it be nicer to actually focus on all the good that is about to continue to explode in our lives as we move back in, away from hibernation and into living life to the fullest? So my question, I have a couple questions for you today, is what do you see? The human race is now waking up to more of what we have always been. So the thing is, we have to be willing to see it. So I just want you to take a second. I just want you to take a second and take a look at your life. And I'm not saying take a look at this last year of your hibernated life, your entire life. Just look at your life. I can't see most of you at home, but I can see those of you who are here. I can see that you are here. I can see that your life dropped you here. You dropped yourself here. And I can see that you made it here. You actually did make it here. So if you look at your life and all of it, what do you see? Do you see success? Do you see happiness? Do you see regrets? Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's not what happened. It's your relationship to what happened. It's not how it happened. It's how you see how it happened. And I think what we have done in this year, I do believe that many of us have taken this year to really look around and see what is this world all about? Who am I in it? And what am I ready to do that I've never done before? Because it's time for us to literally wake up and come out of the closet, so to speak, and give ourselves the opportunity to really, really understand what is raising me up. So I went to Ernest Holmes. 66 years ago, in 1954, the year I was born, this was done a month before I was born, he said this. Now, most of you know this, but I'm doing it verbatim from his talk. Today, I'm going to talk to you about a power for good in the universe, greater than you are, greater than I am, greater than all of us, a powerful good that we can use in everyday life for everything. Now just let that sit for a minute. A power for good, greater than you are, than I am, than we all are, and you can use it in your everyday life for everything. Did you hear that last word? Everything. This, this power. And the thing is, in 1966, that was an amazing theory. Oh my God, they came from all over the place to fill that Wiltern Theater, to hear this tiny little man getting up on stage and saying, there is a power for good in the universe, and you can use it. And they would be like, whoa. And it was just like, it, it was crazy. It was just crazy. But you know what I think happened? Not unlike um, The Secret. This, remember The Secret? The Secret came along and the whole world was like, oh my God. Your thoughts create your experience. And then it kind of died out because your thoughts don't create your experience. Your thoughts are created by your beliefs. Your beliefs create your thoughts, which create your experience. So without that added no knowing of, I got to figure out what I believe here and why I think the way I think, it kind of fizzled out. Well, I think the same thing happened with Ernest Holmes. Because frankly, this was 66 years ago, and the church isn't that much bigger than it was 66 years ago. Maybe it's even a little smaller. So why is that happening? Why would it be smaller? 
Why would a, a philosophy that is so profoundly amazing shrink? Well, I think I can tell you why very simply, the same way the secret fizzled away. Because he had the answer. He really knew there is a power for good in the universe greater than you are, and you can use it. Now, there is a component at the end of it he grew into that he never put into it, but there's a power for good in the universe greater than you are, and you can use it because you are it. You can use it because you are it. And here's the thing. And he said you can use it for everything in your life, absolutely everything. But the thing is, we didn't. It was a theory. It was a philosophy. People knew how it worked. The thing itself, the way it works, what it does, how to use it, the first four chapters. We read it how many times? How many, times? How many people have read that, those four chapters more than 10 times? More than 20 times? More than 100 times? Now, you can probably keep your hand up still. I've probably read it more than 100 times. And at the end of the day, I get it. I get it. I'm sure you get it. We get the philosophy. We get it. Jesus said it. It's done unto you as you believe. I get it. I get it. But we get it. But we don't get it. We haven't gotten it. And because we didn't get it in the heartfelt way, people fell off and just said, yeah, it's sweet, but it didn't work for me. This didn't work for me. I wanted a million dollars. Never got it. We never said you could have a million dollars just by thinking it up. No, this philosophy is so much richer, so much fuller, so much more expanded in 2021. And I guarantee you, as soon as people start, Ernest Holmes said it at the end of his book. He said, show me one person who gets this, and that will be enough for the whole world to change. I think he's still looking for that one person, wherever he is. He's looking for that one person to not just get it, but to live it. So the title of my talk is, Can You See It? And the question for me is, we have to be willing to literally look at everything and understand it from a heartfelt place if we want to change our lives. We can't let anything just go by and go, oh, well, that's sort of, you know. No, we have to know what's going on. No, no spiritual bypassing here. You all know what a spiritual bypass is? Um, it's when you just say, it's all good, it's all God, it's all good, it's all God, and your house is burning down. And you're like, God will fix it, God will fix it. No, the fire department will fix it, which happens to be God in red outfits. And hopefully they're very handsome. So God will fix it, God will fix it. So that's a spiritual bypass. God will do it, God will do it. You are God. So get the hell off the ground and do it. <laughs> hell is a spiritual word, it's in the Bible. So, <laughs> so this is where we are in this teaching. This is what is rising up, right? So Ernest Holmes' little thing there ended this way. He said, there is, after, after 22 minutes of talking, and it was so sweet, watching him in the early days of television, just like leaning on a desk and his his suits all wrinkled, and then he stood up, and then he like kind of straight. It was just so sweet to watch this man. And but the words coming out of his mouth were amazing. You could see his mind was focused on what is all of this? They've thrown me in front of a camera, but he just kept talking. And the last thing he said was this: "There is a power, and it does work, and it's working right now." And they faded to black. And I could see back in 1954, you know, uh, people were probably like, ooh, and it's working right now. Fade to black. We're a little more sophisticated these days, and yet I still don't think we understand that it's working right now. Because if we really understood it was working right now, we'd stop thinking what we're thinking right now. <laughs> we'd stop believing the things we believe right now. 
when we, if we really, really got it. So can you see that we are swimming in a sea of inspiration? We are swimming, and I love that you brought that up, Liza, Reverend Liza, that was perfect. We are swimming in a sea of pure imagination. You are swimming in this intelligent energy that just wants to like grab you and say, come on, let's go, let's go do this, let's go do that. We can do all of it, all of it. You don't have to like piecemeal your life. Well, I can probably do this if I save for this and do that. And I'm not judging you if you do it that way. But I am telling you there might be a better way. Might be a better way for you, which is to start getting in touch with what we're actually teaching, what we actually know, but we maybe don't know that we know. And I, I know my last talk I ended with, I'd like to continue by I don't know. But I, within the I don't know is you knowing. Do you get that? So... I don't know just says, I'm not going to get involved with all this stuff out here. I'm going to be willing to not know and see what comes up. Bruce Lipton said this in The Biology of Belief. He said, we are made in the image of God and have to put spirit back into the equation in order to improve our lives. This is a a, a physicist saying this. We are made in the image of God. Now, of course, I want to explain the image of God to him, and certainly to me, is this creative energy, this field of creative energy. That's what God is. That's what you are. That's what I am, a field of energy. But I love that he says we have to put spirit back into the equation in order to improve our lives. Because if we don't put the spiritual element back into the way we live our lives as the most important part of our lives, then we are literally living life from a deficit because we identify just with this, this, this self that is myopic and, 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 and smaller, less than. You know, there are a lot of religions that still teach that. Not us, but there are a lot of people in this philosophy that don't actually do or live what we teach because we're still one foot in. Oh, this is a perfect stage for that. One foot in, one foot out. We're one foot in new thought and we're one foot out of new thought because we haven't absolutely bought it yet. So it is time. What is rising up is a much more spiritual world. This morning as I was leaving the house to come here, I was staying with my friends, Alan Marcy, and um, I couldn't understand why everybody was standing around looking up in the house since it was a house. And, there, and it, it turns out that a um, hummingbird had gotten into the house. And so when I came out of my bedroom, I saw it. It was just flying. It would, hit a, it would tap, slowly tap a window. And I was like, of course a hummingbird's in here. I mean, it's, it, this is its world. And the doors were wide open. Why not go check that out? Now, interestingly enough, there's another hummingbird right outside the house that is sitting on two eggs that have hatched. And so you can watch it come in and feed. And it's just so... So I'm standing there. I'm getting ready to come here. And I'm standing there. I'm going, what's the message here? Well, I really got it. This universe is huge. It's a huge universe. There's opportunities for us to do everything. There's also opportunities for us to get trapped inside of something that we don't even want to be in. It's easy for us to get trapped somewhere because we've shown up somewhere. Now, I, I, I can't guarantee you because I don't know, but I, in my heart, I feel that that hummingbird went in there, saw what it was, said, oh, this is that human stuff people do. Look, they make houses so they can sit in them. I'm going back outside. And as I was driving here, I was thinking, that's the, that's the metaphor. That's what that, that's what that message was for me. Because, you know, the hummingbird came into the house just to give me something to say to you. That's how I look at it all the time. 
So that hummingbird came in to give me the understanding. You know, James, you can box yourself in. You can. It's not comfortable. It doesn't feel good. But if you just go right out that door there, the entire universe is available to you. Well, I think that you and I, I think that we have been boxed in. I think we have been gloriously, amazingly, expansively tapping into our hummingbird nature. But somewhere along the line, a couple thousand of years ago, a man came along and gave us a, 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 a formula for how to live. His name was Jesus of Nazareth. And we all took our little hummingbird selves and went into the house. And I think it's 2,000 years later and we're still in the house. We have great window views, by the way. We, love see, we can see it all. We have tapped into it so that we can see it. But it really is time for us to find our way right out of that door and really step into this understanding that Ernest Holmes has given us. So, we are made in the image of God, and we have to put spirit back into the equation in order to improve our lives. That's what rising up is about. That's what that thing inside of me is here to say. So I just want to ask you, just take a second, just ask yourself, so what can you feel in this moment rising up inside of you, with no judgment, without getting, you know, without blocking it at all, just what feels like something in you wants you to find a doorway and get out into this infinite field of pure potentiality? Where does that show up in your life? Because Ernest Holmes taught this philosophy for one reason and one reason only, as he said at the end of that first sentence, so that we can live better lives in every area of our life. So I think this month, as we are looking at Rise Up, and we're looking at what wants to bring me to another experience, to another state of experience, the first thing I do now is, can I see it? Am I willing to see it? Don't be afraid of looking at the stuff in your life that don't work. We had a beautiful Monday night, let's talk, last week on grief. And David Kessler, uh, who is a, a renowned figure on grief, talked about our ne the necessity of us seeing our lives for what they are and not running away from them. You know, when we talk about grief, and I talk about my own grief with my daughter, that's not something that's going to resolve itself. It's not. But I'm okay with it now. I, I, it catches me and derails me for 10 minutes, and I'm okay with it. I'm like, go ahead, derail me. Take, me. take me where you need to take me to let this out. And the more I let it out, the better I understand it. So that's what can you see it means. Can you see your life for real? And not, not give yourself an opportunity to avoid. Not fall into that place of consciousness where it's just easier not to deal with it. Because if you're saying it's easier not to deal with it, it's because you don't know who you are. Because if you knew who you were, you would know that what is dealing with whatever's going on is much bigger, much bigger. You raise me up so that I can stand on mountains. You raise me up to walk on stormy seas. I am strong when I am on your shoulder. You raised me up to more than I can be. I would like you to decide 
to use this philosophy, this teaching, not only to raise you up, but to give you wing so that you can be raised up and then fly. Because that's where we are with this teaching at this very exciting time in the spiritual history of science of mind. We are ready to soar. But it's going to take one person to show that this actually works before the world's going to be like, oh my God, it does work. So I ask you to join me in being that one person, because we are one person, that one person who gets this so clearly that you live the life of a hummingbird after he or she left the house. Namaste. Hi, this is Dr. James Mellon, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message and ask you for your support. Your tax-deductible donation to Global Truth Center ensures that we can continue to provide you with this form of inspiration each week. To make a contribution now, please visit our website at globaltruthcenter.org. Again, thanks for listening. Namaste.